0: Welcome to The Pastor's Cut. This week, we are joined by one of our associate pastors for church planting and a member of our Rogers Park teaching team, Phil Adams.
1: And we get to talk with him about Romans 8 verses one through 11, setting our minds on the spirit and what it can look like to follow the spirit's leading in an increasingly post-Christendom society.
0: Great, let's get started. I'm Hillary Murphy.
1: And I'm Trevor Lovell.
0: And this is The Pastor's Cut with Phil Adams.
1: Phil, good to have you with us. Good to be here. Good morning.
0: FL. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Question for you. What is your favorite time of the day and why?
2: Ooh, favorite time of the day. Um, my favorite time of the day is the quietest time <laughs> of the day. <laughs> when is that? Which, can, it be, can there be two times? Can yeah. it be like yeah. early in the morning with like mm. a cup of coffee?
1: Mm.
2: That's good. Silence before the kids start, you know pitter-patter and run on a bite. And then it mm. <laughs> sounds like I don't love my kids. <laughs> like, what, what, and then at night when they're going, when they're sleeping. <laughs> occasionally nap time. <laughs> yes. And occasionally nap times in the middle of the day. Yeah. yeah it's got to be, got to be those quiet moments.
1: So Phil, you preached at South Rogers Park this past weekend. Yes, I did. Uh, could you give us a quick recap of the sermon?
2: Yeah. So we were in Romans chapter eight, uh, preaching, Romans eight one to eleven. So um, yeah, the way the way I kind of tackled that 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 passage was I leaned back a little bit into to Romans chapter seven, and Romans seven ends with this kind of um, sense of anguish and, and sense of frustration. Um, mm-hmm. The questions asked in in, in verse twenty four, "Who will deliver me from this body of death?" So there's like it's just a sense of real. Uh, Frustration and experience with our with our walk with God, and I think when we get to Romans eight, it's almost a, it's a response to what will we do in those situations when we're frustrated, we're um, feeling alone, or feeling. Um, where is God um, in in my life? Where's the par? Um, and then we get to, to to Romans eight, and it starts off with this beautiful declaration um, in verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, so I spent the the good probably first third of the the, the sermon on, on Sunday really just. Drilling that home, and what it means that 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 all of God's wrath, all of God's um, anger towards us in our sin has been replaced with with mm-hmm. with love, with love, with love, with love, um, yeah. with a God who is for us, who is fighting mm-hmm. for us in every moment and every second of our lives. God loves us, mm-hmm. um, and really asking then asking the question, what would we be like if we really mm-hmm. knew that? If we really experience that. If we went through our days, every moment, every hour, every situation, really understanding that the God of the universe is is mm-hmm. loving us and working mm-hmm. all things for our good, which we get to later in, in mm-hmm. chapter 8, um, and asking the question, what would it be like to be reminded of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then transitioning, which Paul does then, to the Holy Spirit, um, and how the role of the Holy Spirit um, in our lives is—it says in Romans five, verse five—that that God poured um, the love of God through the Holy Spirit into our hearts, um, and the Holy Spirit is really there to to make us aware of that that love. Um, I said, I think I said on on Sunday, you know, the Holy the Holy Spirit is that quiet introvert in our house we know he's there but we don't really know what he's doing um, and and uh, you know that's what the Holy Spirit's doing is reminding us of, of God's love for us and pointing us to Christ um, yeah. I looked at uh, Christ's baptism um, in the River Jordan, and how uh, you get this beautiful picture of the Trinity there. jesus is in, yeah. in in the water being baptized. You have the Holy Spirit coming down as a dove, and you've got the Father declaring God's love mm-hmm. um for christ and and how the Holy Spirit really makes uh, God's love uh, like experiential, you know it's resting on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. um and it's the, the Holy Spirit as a dove is is pointing the cry to Jesus. And how that's what the Holy Spirit does in in our lives. Um so then yeah. I, I just I went on. Um, Two then to to ask, okay, if the Holy Spirit is there to to point us to God's love, How do we be assured of God's love? Well, we look at our walk. Are we walking according to the spirit? And when we walk according to the spirit, we're aware of the spirit in our lives and aware of God's love. Um, And there's an assurance that comes with our walk. uh, Mm -hmm. Because when we see that God has transformed us, we're assured of his love for us by giving us Mm -hmm. his spirit. Um, And how do we walk according to the spirit? Well, in the the text, kind of the flow takes us back then to say to to walk in the spirit, you set the mind on the spirit. and then I expanded on that a little more, what it means for us as followers of Christ to, to set our minds in the spirit as a, as a, as a route um, to, to the overflow of becoming a walk and the overflow of the walk being assurance of God's love yeah. um, and just how those things, those things connect together. So that's kind of what, it, what I went through. Um, but really call, calling us to set our minds on the spirit um, we'll talk about that like, a little more in a minute, what that means, I think, but uh, calling us to set our minds in the spirit to the end of knowing that through that we will be assured of God's love, um, which I think is maybe more of a tangible way of why we need the spirit in our lives, because mm-hmm. I think we all uh, know that if we know God's love, it means that... Um, we can get through anything, being assured that, that God is for us and fighting for us and is, is, is loving us. Um, and we can say no to sin. We don't need that because God loves me. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's a little bit of a recap Yeah. of the mm-hmm. sermon. Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Phil. So what got cut from your sermon this week?
2: What got cut? Um, I've got a couple of things I wrote down. Some of them are more, more of an, an expansion because I think actually um, – that idea of walking according to the spirit, it's sometimes hard to to, to pinpoint. Well, what, what does that mean? It can sound yeah. very abstract. Um, the way I, the way I talked about it was that um, walking according to the spirit is to respond to the, what the spirit is saying to us. And then to set our minds on the spirit is listening to what the spirit is saying. Um, so setting our minds is listening to the spirit, walking according to the spirit is responding to the spirit. Um, so, yeah, I even would love to hear from you guys in our own lives. Like, what, what does it mean to yeah. to set our minds in the spirit? I personally chatted to a few people after the the, ser- the service, like talking about that. Find it very difficult to to get away from just this idea of like being in the Word, being in the Word, being in prayer, and and and, and stopping in our lives to let this the Spirit speak. Mm-hmm. I think often we're we're just we're so busy with our lives. Um, that we don't value that time alone in quietness with God mm-hmm. and expecting Him to speak to us. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I talked a little bit about how I, um, that, that, that God doesn't communicates as this kind of a still small voice, and He doesn't He doesn't speak to us like a billboard because mm-hmm. it's so transactional. He's not trying to advertise to us; He's trying to be in relationship with us. Mm-hmm. And if we if we think of God that okay, God, I need to hear from you how am I going to hear from you if you want to be in relationship with me? It's like, um, it would be like I'm in relationship with anybody. It means stopping. It means being with them. It yeah. means listening to them and treating it like a friendship um, and not yeah. just kind of like, a. okay, I need to go to church today because I need to know God's love, so I need to like see that.
0: You know, it, yeah. it,
2: God doesn't want that. He doesn't. Yeah. He wants us to actually be intimate with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find it hard to get away from that idea when it comes to setting our minds on mm-hmm. the things of the Spirit. It's to, that idea of slowing down to really listen. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested to hear from you guys what what your thoughts are on um, what it might mean in your own lives to set your minds on the Spirit.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Hillary? I
0: think <laughs> like for <mantra>. me, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good dodge.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, that's a really good point about how it is a relationship and all relationships go back and forth. Yeah. Like it's not just one direction. Mm-hmm. And so to remember that it is listening to God too. And I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. it's so easy to get in the habit. i um, speaking for myself of my prayers being yeah. too selfish yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes and, and just praying about my own desires mm-hmm. or frustrations or things that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes even praying out of habit rather than actually expecting to hear back from God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And something that i found to be really helpful and that I've been reminded of recently is for me to journal my prayers mm-hmm. is helpful because I feel like for me to take the time to write it down, I'm much more focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's also something that I can look back on. Yeah. And don't always see the answers right away, or sometimes still waiting for some. Yeah. But to be able to mm-hmm. spend that quiet, focused time and really yeah. dive in and and be expectant to hear from mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. and to expect it to be to, to a two way relationship. Yeah, 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 That's been helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Trevor?
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say the things that you guys said already, um, but maybe. Another one would be, especially with the season of the year, is, is Lent. Mm-hmm. That one of the ways that we practice mm-hmm. Lent is through fasting, through giving mm-hmm. something up, whether it's uh, social media or chocolate or coffee or <laughs> any, any one of those things, really. <laughs> it could be anything. Um, but the idea is that you, you give it up, um, not just so that you're like, more in shape when Easter comes around and getting ready for the <laughs> summer, but... But that you give it up because every time you feel that desire for it, it's, it's kind of like a reminder that, oh, I, I need God a whole lot more than this. I yeah. need God's love. And it can even be a reminder that I already have this. And it, mm. it just, every time you feel that, it, it, it kind of like retunes you or attunes mm. you to, this, to the Spirit. And, yeah. and I think practices like that, entering into seasons like this, yeah. um, that, that God has given us throughout the, the church year. Yeah, can be, and, I, and I think what mm. compels us into that is that mm.
2: idea that in those moments, God wants mm. to give us His love. Yeah. Like, you know, that is the assurance that we're going to get in those moments. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, here, you got to pray, you got to read your Bible. Yeah. It's like these kind mm-hmm. of things, like, I know, I know. And there's like, but but what a compelling way to, to draw you in, to know yeah. that that is when you mm-hmm. will know that the God of the universe loves you. And that's when yeah. you're ready for your day. Because mm-hmm. whatever happens, yeah. even sin, because that's mm-hmm. what chapter 7 is about, even mm-hmm. when we fall. Yeah. We can be assured of God's love in that moment, yeah. and that's what's incredible. Um, yeah. And that's why I, I think yeah, there's a correlation. Even when I said, you know, about what's your favorite times of the day, you know, the quiet times, is, <laughs> there is a correlation. Like those are the, the times where you just get mm-hmm. to you know, sit with coffee mm-hmm. and God's Word, and um, yeah, yeah, be
1: warmed by it. I I think there's even this sense of uh, like desire, right? That we we desire God's love. That we're created in the image of God, the image of a triune God who exists, mm-hmm. you know, in, in fellowship. And so we like we are we're wired for that, we yeah. want that we want yeah. God's love, I'm thirst for it, yeah, and but so often we can live our lives trying to satisfy these lesser desires mm. of uh status or career advancement or wealth or relationships or whatever it is, so mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to satisfy these desires that even when you get them they're they're not satisfying in the way yeah. that we want them to be, yeah, and yeah. that uh yeah i think I think fasting can be a pretty powerful practice because it helps us to kind of feel that deeper hunger mm-hmm. that, and, and not miss that it's these, these other things aren't gonna going to bring that satisfaction. They're not going to satisfy. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's God's We're love. I'm going to live by bread alone. Yes. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. So what else got cut? Something else. Um, <laughs> just a
2: thought I had kind of come, kind of coming out of that was just that we, we, um, I read the other day, you know, that uh, we live in, you know, a, increasingly Chicago anyway, like a post-Christendom society. Um, And and I I read just, I thought a really concise way of putting that was was saying when the culture no longer makes Christians. And And I know that you know, not, the culture never makes Christians you know I understand that um, but I think that it's a, it's a good way of, of acknowledging that the culture is no longer sending people to church the, the you know the, the culture is no longer creating a space for prayer or you know mm. the, the culture is um, no longer celebrating the same the same values that we might as, as Christians um, and just the awareness that in that when we walk according to the spirit increasingly you know may that may be in opposition to the culture and to society. Um, and just, we, we need to be aware of that in our, in our lives, that there should be a sense of friction um, with culture, with society, um, in the places that we, we rub shoulders with people, there is gonna be a, a sense of friction, um, but also there's gonna be um, increased beauty of the presence of the church in society. Um, and I think that's something to be very excited about. Um, and we see that in Christ, the perfect example of somebody who walked according to the Spirit. Um, and all through the Gospels there's these stories of these beautiful stories of of Christ uh, healing people and loving the least of these. and and um, but at the same time, he's like, People are getting annoyed at him. You know, yeah. he's, he's like he's he's fighting yeah. the established order um, yeah. mm-hmm. in the society, but at the same time, yeah. doing these beautiful things that's drawing people in. And yeah. when I think that's a good way to think of of the, of the church, um, even more so as as culture maybe gets um, less and less uh, Christian, mm-hmm. um, that it's an opportunity for us to really really shine and mm-hmm. and, and just how Christ uh, does that so well. Um, amongst opposition, that he still mm-hmm. uh, shines brightly through his love and kindness and grace, um, and that's going to be what it means to walk according to the spirit—to um, to shine and be opposed at the at the same yeah. time. Um, so
1: that's just one thing I didn't. Yeah, that's interesting. I know it makes me think of uh, like John four, the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. How um, that when most Jewish people were passing from north to southern mm-hmm. Israel, they went around Samaria but yeah. he intentionally went into it to mm-hmm. the well at noon and she was there at, at noon to avoid everyone. Yeah. And she was kind of in hiding. Mm-hmm. And it's like he goes there intentionally to meet her in her place of hiding in a, in a way that was not culturally um, right, I guess, yeah. for him to even have that conversation yeah. with her. But he seeks her out for her benefit.
0: One of my favorite things about being on staff at Park is when we do come together as a team and here we are, one church that is all over the city mm-hmm. and as we say in our mission is we are here for the city in the city and mm-hmm. I think it's just such a unique opportunity to be able to hear about what's going on in our northern region uh-huh. Rogers Park locations do mm-hmm. you have any success stories of how you've seen this as you've done really intentional work in your neighborhood especially mm-hmm. along? I know you do a lot of work along Devon yeah, yeah, yeah. Avenue have you just do you have any share stories you could share with us about how you have seen this and how you've seen your church and your ministry there, be a light to people that yeah. are really looking for something.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think this is, yeah, this is really applicable to this idea of walking according to spirit, because I th- one story just came to my mind. I was sharing with some people last week that there's, there's a guy in our, in our neighborhood. Um, he's from, um, Burma. He came here, um, uh, as, as, as a refugee, very little um, money, and, and trying to get set up, and uh, he was actually going and knocking in people's windows at traffic lights, trying to see if someone would give him a lift home, and oh, um, wow. with groceries. So I, I, someone, came, I was chatting to somebody that, that 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 goes to our church in West Rogers Park, and. Um, they were just telling me about him and you know they gave him a lift home with his groceries and his two sons and and even this this person's wife was there and she was like i don't know if you know like that was okay it was there there <laughs> like newborn baby was in the car too and um, just people like knocking on the window and getting a lift home but the guy got in and he asked like um what church do you go to which is just like a little uh, blue. and 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 Brett, you know talked to him and um and I go to Park Community Church and dropped him off, and that was fine. Um, literally, like two weeks later, another guy, Isaiah, um, he's part of our church in Westridge Park, came to me. Hey, I took a guy home. He was uh, tapping like on people's windows at the traffic lights like, with, with groceries. He got in, and um, I get him a lift home. And uh, he asked, "What church did you go to?" <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just how beautiful it is that like both those people could have genuinely you know not let them, yeah. the guy in the car which is yeah you know i understand that um but just through that we have been reading the bible with he's called romeo we've been reading the bible with romeo he's been coming on sundays mm-hmm. um we've been able to help him out with some stuff he had bad bugs so he had to get rid of all his furniture mm-hmm. um so just beautiful that that, that i guess talking about christ and how christ did beautiful things i just think it's a beautiful story of, of people in a very practical way responding um, to what yeah. I think the Spirit would want in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to love somebody and, and to take them home. Um, yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, and that one of his cool. first
0: questions was, what church do you go to? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh-huh.
2: His expectation was that, that I'm not sure, I, his expectation was that, that people would go to your church, which is interesting. And then his <laughs> expectation was that the church would help, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is an expectation we want to meet. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's great.
0: Thanks for sharing that.
1: Man. So, you got you got anything else? I do. I have one more th- <laughs> one more thing. All right.
2: Um I think Paul, I think Paul's heart in Romans 8 is most definitely a, a, a posture of of triumph and um us being aware of the Holy Spirit in our lives and through the, the awareness of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we are assured of God's love. I think that is definitely what he wants um, his readers to be assured of, especially when we get to somewhere we're going to keep going through Romans 8, but it just gets it gets better, you know? It gets so good. Um, and then, But at the same time, he does, um, he does throw in little things just to kind of make people check that the Holy Spirit is in their lives. And you see that in chapter verses five to eight, the way he kind of goes back and forth and saying, well, this is how somebody responds if they have the Spirit in their life, they set their mind on the Spirit. And this is how someone of the flesh, this is what they will set their minds on. Mm-hmm. And then even if we get we get down to verse 9, and, and it, the triumph is there because he says, you, however, you are not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit, which is, I think, what he wants ultimately his readers in the churches, in the house churches in Rome to, to receive. But then he does say, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, and he clarifies anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him and I just think there I I didn't do this on Sunday because I think when you're when you one of the things you you know when you're teaching you're trying to get what is the, the the big idea um some of the nuance is harder to kind of also put in but I think there is a is a nuance in there where he is um wanting to draw that out within the house churches just a clarification guys um that the Holy Spirit is the sign, the seal, uh, the foretaste of the kingdom to come, and you need mm-hmm. to know that and be aware of the Holy Spirit in your life, um, so yeah. that you're assured um, of your place in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's just something that we have to apply in our own hearts and our own lives. Um, and I don't think um, it's not necessarily something. I never want someone to doubt their salvation, as n- I don't think that's the heart of it. But there is something that's very biblical that 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 that, that we are to. Um, take a minute
1: mm-hmm. and just
2: yeah. you know like work out our salvation and
1: yeah.
2: be aware of the spirit at work in our lives so that we do know that we are followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Romans eight, the ex, his, his his Paul's expectation is that we're aware of the holy spirit in our lives. He's yeah. saying yeah. there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and how do you know that because of the spirit in your life. Mm-hmm. At that and at that moment we should say <sighs> like I know there's no condemnation because I know the Holy Spirit is in my life. Um, And that's, that should be our heart. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great. You mentioned that Paul's posture here is one of triumph and that really is so encouraging. And from the beginning of this chapter, we're told that there is no condemnation, but with that, what do we do with our guilt?
2: Well, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think, we have to be. I think we. What Paul wants to do here is, is, is kind of he's, he's built up, um, kind of like to the climax of the gospel in Romans eight, and then mm-hmm. but the climax of the gospel in the fact there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That is our foundation. Mm, for yeah. our life. That is like the foundational belief of the Christian life is that there is therefore not, no condemnation. Um, but we're very aware that we still we still sin, so it shouldn't be a surprise in a sense that we feel the an anguish of that guilt. Yeah. Um, but if we go back to and think of it and we're in a relationship with God, that the, the guilt is yes, like, like I, am, I am grieved that I would have done something that would dishonor god and dishonor what christ has done for us um but we have to then just to take that back and go back to what the beauty of the cross in that that christ died for that sin Mm -hmm. the punishment the shame he bore on my behalf um and that's what people say they throw it at the feet of the cross and leave it there yeah. Um, and I, I think there has to be that moment of doing that, throwing it at the feet, feet of the cross and leaving it there. I think that is the the repentance. That's the the the, the awareness that we are a follower of Christ. That we, uh-huh. we we hate that sin. We want rid of that sin. Um, but I think what Paul is is a pointing out here, it, it's that God's love that compels us on in holiness, that it's yeah. not our guilt that compels us to holiness. Yeah. It's God's love that compels us um, yeah. on to further holiness. So we leave the guilt behind and go mm. forward knowing God's love. Mm. And I think that's where mm. we defeat the sin um, in our lives is, is knowing that there is that assurance of love. Mm-hmm. Um, even then we make a mistake.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I was, I was just going to add, I think there is like an element of spiritual warfare with it too, that Mm -hmm. sometimes there can be this mixture of kind of shame and conviction all at the same time that like convicted of our sin and yeah, we need like do exactly what you're saying. Um, like throw it at the, at the, leave it at the cross and and leave Mm -hmm. it there. Um, but sometimes I think the spiritual warfare component can be that it keeps getting brought back up in Mm -hmm. our mind and uh, and in our feelings and tries to basically trying to like keep us in a place of shame about it and, that uh, even just reminding ourselves of that. So it can linger Mm -hmm. with us. And I think that sometimes we can feel like I should soak in this. I deserve Mm -hmm. to to feel this way because I messed up and I I deserve this. Yeah, Almost like kind of self-flagellation in a sense. But the reality is like jesus did pay for it and, and mm-hmm. i think a lot of times that's an element of spiritual warfare and we don't need to continue mm-hmm. to soak in that because we don't need to pay Absolutely. for it because jesus has and mm-hmm. i
2: think that is what it means yeah. to be you know free from the power of sin yeah um i think the the enemy of the sin he 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 draws us to sin he wants us to sin he compels us and says come like it's going to be good it's going to be good and then you mm-hmm. give in and the, he's the first one then to mm-hmm. say no, look what you did you're stupid yeah. even though he was the one that wanted us to do it. Yeah. And I think it's re- recognizing that, that that yeah. is not God's heart towards us to continue to accuse and to shame, um, but it's to compel us on in love.
0: Mm. That's well. a great reminder.
1: Yeah, Phil, it's been great having you with us. Good to be here. Thank Thanks. you guys so much. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Hillary. Thanks, Trevor.
0: Thanks for joining us this week for the Pastor's Cut. We hope you'll join us again next week as we dive further into Romans chapter 8 and get to hear from our very own Trevor. And if you've been enjoying the show, please smash that five-star rating and leave us a review. We would appreciate it and love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening.